two artists walk into a bar. Now stop me if you've heard this one. Listen in as artists and creators talk over drinks about their work, life, and the creative journey. Welcome back to Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. This time, we're three artists and a curator, and our location is one of my Vancouver favorites, the South Main Gallery on 6th Avenue. At the time of this recording, they're featuring four fabulous collage artists in a show entitled In Situ. The artists are the incredible Amy Henny Brown, Jesse McNeil, whose work we love enough to have hanging in our own home, and two artists who I'm super excited to get to know, Tristesse Seeliger and Julia Krutz. Tristesse and Julia join us on the mic today, along with gallery manager Louisa Brenner. You can click through to all four in-situ artists and the South Main Gallery through our show notes at twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you like it and want to hear more, subscribe, sign up for updates, and share it with your favorite artists and art lovers. And if you love the show, head to the website where you can buy us our next round. These rounds actually help keep us ad-free. If you're hearing this in time, you can also head to the South Main Gallery in real life and catch in situ while it's up. Meanwhile, have a listen while Tristesse, Julia, Luisa, and I talk about some pretty real stuff. Art, life, the works. In the end, Julia lays down a punchline that I think gets the loudest laugh in show history. Big thanks to Julia, Tristesse, Luisa, and to our listeners. I'm loving your feedback and the chance to share these artists and their stories with you. Cheers. So here I am in situ. <laughs> this is gonna be fun because we are usually two artists walking into a bar, and this time we are three artists and a curator sitting, drinking, so it's almost like a bar, but it's, uh, we are sitting in this beautiful gallery, and the reason we're doing that is because our two artists are part of a show that is happening, and the work is amazing. So big thank you, Julia Krutz and Tristesse Seeliger for coming to meet me. And Louisa Brenner, thanks for being here as well at the South Main Gallery here on Main and 6th in Vancouver. Cool spot, ladies. Very cool show to be in. Thank you. Tell me how this all came about. That's kind of a long story, but uh, I'll give you sort of the shorter version and then maybe Julia could add in. But um I had a show at Julia's gallery called the GAM Gallery a while back, maybe in 2014. And and at that time, you know, I was introduced to a whole bunch of artists that Julia was looking at and uh, and had worked with. Because I do collage, I was looking at all these people that are doing amazing collage in Vancouver. Then I ended up getting into a studio space at the Arts Factory with Amy who is also a collage artist. And so we sort of, over like a period of two or three years, we sort of circled around each other and all really appreciated each other's work and had worked with one another in different regards. And so Amy and I decided to put a proposal together because it was kind of like, uh, you know, we'd been waiting to get shows with other people or be asked to get shows. And then we just decided to like, bring together who we wanted to work with because I respect and love and uh, appreciate the artists that are in this show uh, a lot. And so we just put together a proposal and then offered it up to South Main Gallery. Yeah. So that's how, that's the 
quick story. Very but cool. So, so you're in the Arts Factory. Yeah, I have a studio space. I moved in there about two years ago. And actually, Amy and I moved in on the same day. We were we both got studio spaces at the same time, and we moved in. And yeah, I was so thrilled because she's, you know, Amy's um, very intelligent, talented, interested, engaged human. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was great to to be beside her. And then before that, I was actually at Julia's, um, in Julia's gallery space, and that's where my studio had been. So I had gone from these people that I really, really loved and was like, okay, moving into a new studio. And then, and then I met more people that I loved. And right. so we we're just trying to keep all those people together. Yeah. Yeah. And there just seems to be such a thing happening right now with collage. Like there's... Amy Henny Brown, you mentioned, and uh, Jesse McNeil, who's another Vancouver-based artist who's part of this show that you're in right now. So many interesting collage artists happening right now in Vancouver. Is it just sort of magically gelling right now, or has it always been this way? I'm not really sure if it's a new thing happening in Vancouver. I feel like Ever since I've been in Vancouver, there's been a lot of collage happening. When I was going to Emily Carr, there was quite a bit of collage happening. And even a similar sort of collage with, you know, dated found imagery that similar to the works that myself and Amy Henny Brown uh, Mm -hmm. work with. But I feel, as Tristesse was saying before, Running the GAM, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of different artists in the city. And I was able to have Tristessa's first exhibition, her first solo exhibition at the gallery. But I also had um, Jessie's, I don't know if it was her first solo show, but no, I don't think it was because she had shown at Access Gallery prior to that. But I had one of her first shows, which she was actually creating at the time, really small it was called Wish You Were Here. Mm-hmm. And it was an exhibition where she would photo- photograph essentially things in Vancouver that were the everyday for people living here, like the construction, all of that sort of thing, all of the red tape, orange pylons, all of that. And she would create these tiny little maquettes. Mm-hmm. And the postcard for the exhibition was, it said, Wish You Were Here, and it was an actual postcard as opposed to a flyer Mm -hmm. and so that's how I met Jesse as well and we had all been starting to talk how did you meet Jesse well when I moved into the GAM studios I I guess you and I actually I think you're the one that suggested that we have a show you were like maybe we should put together a show because we because I was doing collage and and we became friends and then you were like I think Jesse would be a good fit and so we met briefly, but we were all at a point in our lives where things were, you know, different things were happening. Like you were just starting teaching and Jesse was just about to head off on this world trip. And so it wasn't really the right time, but there was like some definite love there, you know, for each other and each other's work. And so then when I moved into the studio with Amy and really clicked with her, I was like, okay, this is the foursome, you know, people are coming back, we're going to pull this together. And and Amy actually used to teach Jesse. Mm-hmm. So um, Amy was a, is a sessional teacher, and I think they that she taught Jesse at 
Emily Carr. And so they developed the bonds between, you know, great student and, you know, kindred spirit, I think there. So they had a connection that way. And so it kind of slowly just came about. There was just a moment last year where we had enough kind of space and time to get together to talk about it because we're all so busy Mm -hmm. and put the proposal together. And Amy did the lion's share of the writing. We did, you know, send it back and forth and work together, but it, it really was uh, great because she's a great writer. And so, so then the proposal came together and, that, you know, then we offered it up to South Maine and they've been so great because they, they took it, they, they liked it. And then they were willing to, you know, do some things that some galleries aren't really willing to do. Like there's a lot of collaboration here and it's, uh, it's, so it just came to be and it was just, it's been kind of a passion project. Yeah. Yeah. So Louisa, tell me a little bit about, you know, being here at the gallery, you are the gallery manager and you're seeing proposals come in and, uh, and setting up shows. What's this whole process like for you when you get a group of artists that are just gelling together like that? To us, it's a very like happy event because we're always willing to show new art, new artists, and it's nice to be sought after rather than trying to find what's going around all the time. Right. So we worked with Tristesse before. She showed with us the first time last last summer for our Summer 7. And we represent her and Tristesse, as you'll hear, it's full of ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. So when she came with that proposal, like seeing her work work so well with other artists, we just thought it was a perfect fit. Like we're always happy to explore new possibilities we're not too caught in the usual like gallery structure like we only show the artists we represent and all of that we're mm-hmm. we're happy to hear proposals and if we fit if we feel that they might be a good fit we're happy to have them yeah yeah and this gallery is fairly new right it's a few years yeah it opened in november 2015 and you guys always have such cool things going on here like i love getting the emails and even when i'm away from vancouver i'm always like no i don't want to miss that show so so i'm glad i could be here for this thank you and you have had a couple of the other artists we've had on the show show here yeah Yeah. we we represent laurie goldberg and david taiko too so david just had his solo show in march and Laurie's show is coming up in October this year. So Fantastic. we're excited for that. Well, you have excellent taste. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and now, Julia, you mentioned GAM Studios and the gallery. Tell me a little bit about that, how that fits into this whole journey. Um, that's a long story. The GAM has been going on for eight and a half years now, I think. Um, That was a passion project that I started with three of my best friends, um, right out of Emily Carr. Um, We are all from Alberta, so we kind of felt like there wasn't a space carved Uh. out for us here. We didn't know a lot of people. And we were like, well, if we don't know how to get our work in a gallery, let's make our own gallery (laughs) so we did yeah and um since then our mandate has essentially been to show emerging artists people that haven't had the opportunity um for their first solo exhibition um so that they can start building up their resume so that they can then apply to 
you know, the artist-run centers and, and the commercial galleries and things like that. And at the beginning, we also did a lot of music. We did um, pretty much anything to pay the bills at first. And now it's, it's changed over time. We do show some mid-career artists. Mm-hmm. Both of us now work full-time. There's two of us left that run the gallery. Mm-hmm. And we also have somebody that helps us, a gallery assistant. And it's changed. We only have about three shows a year now and now we have a huge studio space with 11 artists and the rest of the time we rent it out to people you know hoping to do the same thing so it becomes more of a pop-up space um yeah Tara Hogue is who I run it with and she's you know just booming in her career and just started working she's doing a fellowship at the Vancouver Art Gallery um so she's working full-time as a curator there, and I'm a full-time high school art teacher. So, you know, that's kind of taken a little bit of a side right. to our other projects of, you know, making art and f- helping, you know, children learn about art, Yeah, that sort of thing. You know what is fascinating to me with everything I'm hearing is you are all collage artists, and the way you are layering together your work, your shows your life it's got a beautiful consistency to it like you've got yeah it is it it is showing up and it's it's really interesting it's cool and how brave for you to straight out of school just go we're going to open a gallery and make it work and have it be here you said eight years later yeah totally thriving so yeah yeah, hats off to you that's awesome (laughs) yeah I think the biggest um you know, step was just saying yes. Mm -hmm. And the rest was just like, okay, learning, trying to, how do you run a business? Um, And it was just getting everyone in agreement. like, yes, this is the space. Mm -hmm. Um, We're right in the downtown east side. So there was always that sort of reservation of, you know, will people come to our gallery? But because it had been a gallery in the past and because we knew about events like Swarm, where, you know, people would art hop throughout the entire city to go to all of the galleries. We knew if we put the art up, people would come. Maybe not on a daily walking around town type basis, but to openings and to events and things like that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So you're all working. You are now, Tristesse, do you have a... Do you have a job outside of your artwork as well? Or are you working full-time on your on your art practice? Um, yes, I, I'm a teacher. Actually, that's Julia and I met that way. She was a uh, student teacher at my, the school that, the high school that I work at. And um, we got, you know, we, we started talking and I found out she had a gallery and then she asked me to see my work. And it was, it was cool because you never know you know, I was in in a way I was in a kind of more powerful position in that, in that, but you never know because she ended up having this gallery and then seeing my work and wanting to, you know, so it's always like, it's so good to approach um, relationships in a humble way, you know, Mm -hmm. always. So, um, we clicked, got along, um, and then, and then you uh, liked her gallery. She liked your work. So yeah, or I was just like looking for an opportunity to do something like that. Right. And so I think that that has been an amazing aspect of what Julia and Tara have continued to, uh, give to Vancouver is this opportunity for people to, um, put up shows and that people do come and there's a lot of respect there at the GAM. Yeah. So I, I teach part-time. Um, and I have been working on my art practice 
like I would say 75% time or whatever, yeah. two thirds, you know, like I, I have put a lot of energy and time into my art practice in the last five years, which was a formal decision that my husband and I made after, um, you know, about five years ago, we, we had both gone to art school. Uh, we had been making practical decisions and I just decided like, because of a huge life event that I needed to, uh, uh, put some time into, you know, do what I had wanted to do and take the risk and put myself out there. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Ever since. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband too. Yeah. He's also represented by the South Main Gallery. His name's David Crompton and he's a photographer. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right so, on. So yeah, we kind of made a very conscious decision that it was time to put time, you know, put energy Um, and put our money back into our art practices because it had been something that we'd always wanted to do and we'd had twins and you know a number of things happened where we were just like you know what it's time it's time now yeah yeah if I may yeah ask what uh what happened that pushed you in that direction well (laughs) um I was diagnosed with cancer um in 2011 It, it just totally rocked my world like it does for a lot of people and uh yeah so yeah I you know I went through two and a half years of chemotherapy and after that I think I had a very typical reaction in that I was just like immediately just faced with with my mortality and I had to look at how I'd been living my life and there was a bunch of stuff that I immediately was like uh, you know I've been doing so much to look good on paper and I wasn't actually really enjoying it. And so I just decided that it was time to start living my life the way I really wanted to. And, and I had the opportunity because we were more established in our careers and that I could take some time off and, and, uh, and divide my time a bit. And, uh, yeah, so it was just like that big whack. Wow. Yeah. 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 And it's sad that that's what it took, but Mm-hmm. You know, the, that's the silver lining that came out of it. Brave of you to share that with us. Oh, yeah, so no problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so many people go through this. It's not it's yeah. something that I feel is, you know, so many people have struggles that we just don't know about. I mean, this one was quite dramatic, but I think the biggest thing that it taught me was that life is going to end. And, you know, just like I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's just like life ends. Are you living the life that you want to be living? You can fail doing the life you don't want to live. So like, you know, and just don't be scared. Like, or you can be scared, but don't let it stop you. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. So I'm trying to live that. Yeah. As much as I can. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's <all> oversharing. <laughs> no, no, you know what? Life, like life, happens, and it's what it, and it's what we're all you know doing with it, and and we can kind of skim along on the surface and you know make pretty pictures or do our thing, but those those moments that wake you up and and let you know the clock is ticking. I just wanted to say here, just for a second, that my favorite piece that you've ever created is that piece that you created during your whole process of going through cancer, the photographs, where you took a photograph every single day. It's this, I bawled for like hours watching. It's a really powerful piece. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's, um, I took a photo, I have been, I still do it every day. Um, I take a photograph of myself 
Um, my husband gave me this app actually as soon as I was diagnosed and I started taking a photo every day and then it compiles it and it's pretty intense just because I guess I'm on my year, my eighth year of taking a photo every day. And I know other artists have done this, but when you go through any dramatic change, um, yeah, it's just, I think, I think what people really respond to when they look at that piece is that um, they see just the pain and struggle that we all go through, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and and that there's some extreme struggles there, but it's also just like that life like life for everybody is a struggle you know I I have two children and it's like um you know I'm trying to teach them that yeah life life is challenging don't ever think that like life is not challenging like you're gonna have to work hard and you're gonna have to you know in all the things that you do I posted that piece the everyday photograph or yeah it's I I didn't even, I don't, I didn't name it. I didn't really think about it as a piece. It was more just like to document this, this journey that I started um, in 2011, in February 2011, when I was diagnosed with cancer. So you, cause you're like, oh, okay, well, so am I, this is the countdown, really? Yeah. But then I think what's so powerful about that is people, I think when people look at it, and, and I know that there are other artists that have done that. But when people look at it, they see that countdown. Mm-hmm. They see the ups and downs. They see looking good, looking bad. They see the crazy hair days. The, you know, they they, which is it's superficial. But I think when you look at the whole trajectory of the process, it's it's uh, it's just powerful. I I think that's why people cry. I mean, I cry. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a tough time. Or, you know, that was so amazing. Or you see that seasons and things yeah. change. I don't know. It's just amazing. So for you, when you watch it now, what does it do as far as encapsulating or putting it into the context of the rest of your life? Like, does it... That piece? Yeah. Oh, well, it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it was like just a very dramatic moment in my life to, when we started it. And, uh, I, you know, I'm still, I feel like, I, th- I don't know, just as a reminder. Yeah. Being diagnosed with cancer was just a reminder in a big way that we're all going to die. And that, you know, like my cancer doctor said to me, Tristess, you are an adult. You think you're an adult when you have your you know buy your first house or you think you're an adult when you get your first major job or you graduate from university or you know you think those are the things that make you an adult or when you have kids but what really makes you an adult is when you recognize that you're going to die and it was interesting because it's a cancer doctor but it's kind of true it's like you know grow up be humble get going do it get on with stuff you know and stop the petty nonsense that's uh a reminder that we all can benefit from all the time. I'm looking forward to seeing your piece, and yeah, it's uh, it's resonating. <laughs> for you, and I'll ask all of you, but uh, for you, when did your whole art journey begin? Okay, well, uh, I would say I was born into a family with a. Um, you know, many, many artists. So I have writers in my family. I have creative thinkers, intellectuals, uh, dancers, actors. And I think I just, you know, I, I grew up in the West Coast of Canada with an, a liberal intellectual family in Victoria and quite extreme people. 
you know, quirky, tan and balmy. You know, if you've ever seen a Wes Anderson film, it's kind of like that. Love that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that, um, I think you had to find your voice mm-hmm. in that family. Uh, so I've, I've made, like I dance for a long time. I've made films. Uh, I've taken photographs. I was kind of always making art. But, you know, I became a teacher because there's a real practical aspect to that. And then when I went through my cancer treatment, I had gone to art school and and then I I was just, you know, I just realized like, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, you know, like I started making work and it wasn't work. It didn't look very good, but there's like working through that and pushing farther and, and getting and being humble and knowing there's something inside of you is what's really important. And I, I think whatever the lesson I learned going through cancer treatment was just like work through that and keep going and get it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas before I would be like, Oh, this isn't looking good. So I'd stop. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think that I've always had a creative, I have a creative family. I have, you know, I come from a lot of smart, creative, uh, people who, who you know have created an atmosphere around me where you you know you need to be on your toes and have something to offer and yeah you know I love the Tenenbaum <laughs> reference it's uh, suddenly you're wearing a mink coat and a rugby shirt for me but anyway <laughs> Julia how about you where did your art journey begin um well I was always imaginative when I was young you know just always playing make-believe I was an only child so I felt like I had to entertain myself a lot of the time so just drawing a lot in my room painting um, lots of exploring in nature and like doing land art as a really small child and then um, it was really being in I was in an IB art class in high school and that kind of just pushed me to thinking of art as being a possibility for some sort of career that I could actually go to college and take Mm -hmm. art. So um, it was just that exploratory nature of the program and, you know, you developed your own process, sketchbook journal, and um, I really saw that, you know, being an artist was just a beautiful way to examine the world. It was a beautiful way to learn about the world and a beautiful way to express what you have then learned about the world so I ended up I grew up in Alberta so I ended up going to Red Deer College for a couple of years and actually three years in the end Um, and that school is super focused on technical skills and you know very community driven it was small and you had a great relationship with all your professors and you knew everyone and then it was only a two-year program that I took an extra year doing. So I was like, well, to finish my degree, I have to go somewhere. So after one trip to British Columbia in my youth, I was like, well, I kind of want to leave Alberta. Like <laughs> That happens. <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't suit my sensibilities. Like, I love the nature there, and I love the prairies, and I met so many amazing people there. But just the overall sensibility of of the community is, of course, really different than here. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up going to Emily Carr. And luckily, one of my best friends also came, which was nice. And and my husband, who's my high school sweetheart, he came. And some other friends were all here. So I went to Emily Carr. And then I was, like, shocked. I was like, 
what is this school? What, what are they talking about? Like, in a lecture, I'm just like, Kant, what, what do you mean? Who is this guy? So yeah. it, was a, it was a real learning curve in my first semester, but I am so happy for the experience to have such, yeah. you know... A, it's two ends of a spectrum. Two ends of a spectrum that yeah. were, you know, so necessary and just really, I think, prepared me for, you know, working with different kinds of artists in mm-hmm. the future. And, and yeah, so... That's kind of my schooling aspect. And then it was just kind of slowly working on my own practice. I I, I felt like, you know, in the last eight years, I've been spending so much time supporting other artists that I do sometimes put myself last and my practice last. And so that's kind of, I've been having like a solo show maybe once a year or every other year and then you know a a show here and there but you know I've definitely in the last year started thinking specifically you know about developing my my own practice knowing I don't have enough space to you know keep helping others keep helping others in the school system you know I always was last so Right. Yeah, that's my goal for the future here is to make sure that, you know, I'm making enough space and time to really um, develop my expressions more. And where do you see it going for you? Um, I don't really think about it, I guess, as like a destination, like more I think about I more think about ideas and like ideas that I want to explore. I haven't really articulated like what I want it to bring to my life because I feel like my life is is full and complete already but you know I love being able to work with with other artists and I'm very community driven so you know being an artist is sometimes such a solitary practice where you're in your studio you're kind of to the grindstone um you know, listening to maybe your podcasts or or things like that. But I really also love the community aspect of talking about art and talking about ideas and the philosophies and, and the sensibilities and all of that. So I'd love to do a lot more group shows like this in the future, like collaborating. Mm-hmm. Tristesse and I have actually been talking about how We'd really like to, you know, try to get our work into a different city in an artist-run center, sort of. Yeah. And with the similar theme and um, with similar artists, but I'd like to see that grow and include new artists and, yeah. Yeah, that is such an important piece yeah. of the whole thing, yeah. I became part of a collective this last year and a half, I think, 13 feet off the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, there's... 12 of us, bit of a misnomer, but uh, but we collectively went to Sicily and did a mural painting project together where all of us painted murals in this little town and, you know, lived all close together and ate and drank and recovered from painting all day every night together. And yeah, and, and it made me so aware of the need for community and how much I was missing that. Yes. And uh, hats off to you guys for finding that and building it into your practice and recognizing its importance because you can have that moment when it's, you know, three in the afternoon and you're 
this is maybe a personal story. <laughs> it's three in the afternoon, you're in your pajamas and you just dipped your paintbrush into your beer instead of your water. <laughs> you think, I have got to get out of this studio right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. So yeah, it's important to it's important to reach beyond the boundaries of studio and uh, and also always seeking shows and opportunities solo is exhausting. And the piece that comes with it is that nice interplay of ideas that that come with working together and doing shows together. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's one thing that's really great about this particular show is that we uh, came together as a group that wanted to work together and we were all respected each other's artworks. And we kind of came around um, as we, we sort of circled around each other as professionals and then became friends or are, you know, it's deepening, but I love how diverse this show is uh, in situ. It's, uh, you know, I have very structured kind of way of collaging because I'm working with tessellated shapes and Julia's, uh, well, I'll let Julia describe her work, but uh, Amy, Amy's work is, right now it has a lot to do with architecture and shelter and looking at, you know, the future and the past and it's very layered and quite large. And, and then Jesse's is very painterly and detailed realism but using all these different uh sourced papers and materials so I really like the fact that we are all so different um but it gives you this kind of nice slice of life when you or a a slice of collage that is happening right now like you were saying you know collage is such a big uh, aspect of art practice currently so I think that's something that's really great about this particular show yeah and kind of in response to Julia's comment is that that's kind of what I'd like to do is work with people I really respect and like and put you know you put that out there have that community and I think it comes to you if you're working at things and you're reaching out to people and it just builds it builds its own momentum yeah and so Louisa for you as artists are putting together proposals and looking at approaching a gallery like this what are the key things that this group did right to catch your attention? And what are some of the mistakes that people make when they are looking at, at getting into a gallery like this? Uh, it's a good question. I feel like it's probably something common in all art schools that they don't teach you how to go into the business side. So we have, like, we have a lot of people that just throw shoot us emails which is fine but the volume we can't really see them all a lot of people come to introduce themselves give them gifts as a business card which is nice and the odd person will come with their painting beneath their hands and just show what do you think (laughs) and we're kind of with that deer caught in the headlights panic like uh like the curator is not here so we if you're an artist and you're hearing, please don't do that. It yeah. puts everybody in an awkward position. So the good thing about what they came, they came with a very structured proposal, like they had the theme. And I'm kind of a perfectionist. So like it was well diagrammed, like it had all the information that I needed to know. So it, it didn't left me wondering like, oh, what the pieces are. They had all the pieces, the artist bio, like I could research. So it was very complete Mm -hmm. 
So I think the key thing, like if you want to come up with a proposal and we're definitely open for that, is like put everything that might arise as a question, like your name, your website, your Instagram, if a theme of the show, like the pieces you're intending to show. Like we just put an open call for the summer and we have pretty a set of guidelines. So that's a good way to go. Like have, make sure your CV is updated, your bio is updated, send it all our way and we'll review it. Bringing things in person when you don't know and it's out of the blue, it's usually not that good. Yeah. yeah. We're overwhelmed by it. And you're running a business here where you're showing other art at the moment. It's exactly. Like, Let me drag my canvases in from the street. <laughs> yeah. I get it because it's a struggle. Like being an artist, it's not an easy thing. And a lot of artists are self-taught, so they don't even know the proper structure on how to, how to, to get into galleries. So my advice, if you're on that case, is just come and ask. Mm-hmm. Like just... I'm happy to talk to whoever comes. Oftentimes somebody comes like, oh, I'd like to submit my work. What should I do? Like, would be happy to to answer. Yeah, cool. And as far as group shows versus solo shows, do you just generally do a mix here? How do you like to plan? Do you plan your year out with an idea that you want a mix of the two? Or how do you approach it? We have a roster of artists we represent. That's our priority. So we sell their work. They only show here at the gallery. So that's our main focus overall. So we give them solo shows, Mm -hmm. like with David and Lori. Mm -hmm. But we like to give other artists opportunities too. So just as the GAM Gallery for the months of July and August, we started last year doing the Summer 7 at SOMA. So we invite artists to apply and have possibly one of their first solo shows because we know that opportunity is rare. Yeah. So like we reserve at least two months a year to show new artists and perhaps if we really like the work and the artists work well with us, we might represent them or not. Like that was the case with Tristess and David. Like they showed mm-hmm. during the summer, we love their work, we worked well together and now they're part of a roster. Mm-hmm. So we try to balance that, but we prioritize definitely the artists we do represent. Right. And how did you get into this? What's your background? So I'm originally from Brazil and I have a BA in marketing and communications, uh, but I always loved art, but I have a sister that's an artist. So it was always like, oh, art is her thing. They're not my thing. Mm -hmm. And I kept struggling, trying to find my thing. I'm like, art is my thing too. So... I went to New York and LA to do a master's in contemporary art and start working at galleries, museums, art fairs, nonprofits. So I work around a bit and I moved to Vancouver, actually right across the street from the gallery, and I was looking for a job and I <laughs> and I did what you shouldn't do, that just come to Don and hello. <laughs> <laughs> So do what I say, not what I do. And then here's my CV. I'm looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And it was like universe line. He needed somebody. I was there. And yeah, we worked super well together. And I've been here a little bit over a year. Mm-hmm. The odd time you might get lucky dropping by, but yeah, avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting having that mix of art and business because it's true it, it's not something that is really taught generally in art school it's a gap 
for me, I love business, and I started in design. So went design, and then I started opening retail stores, like design stores and all kinds of things. And, and I've just had this very curvy career bouncing back and forth because I'll work on art for a while, and then I'll miss business, and I'll go over there and work on business, and then I'll miss art and zigzagging. But it's interesting seeing, first of all, that there is that gap, and then secondly, what a community does to counter it. Like I'm seeing some really cool things happening right now with artists and primarily in Vancouver. Like there's the Thrive Mastermind that has started up over the last few years that you guys had said you listened to that episode. Fantastic ladies. And some other groups where artists are banding together and, and sort of pulling each other over that gap. So cool to see. How do you deal with it? How does it, how does that come up for you? Well, I think um, letting go of your ego a bit is essential to success actually as an artist or you know actually you know I know a lot of examples where that isn't the case but um (laughs) but I but for me it has been in that working with other people and and really supporting and learning from other people helps you move along a lot faster so I really enjoy the entrepreneurial side of being an artist, actually. And I think you do have to look at it like that. If you're interested in selling work, there is a kind of entrepreneurial side. And, and uh, embracing that is, I think, a really good, good plan. I don't think it's natural to a lot of artists necessarily, but, but also maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. it actually really is. And, and uh, you know, what I'm kind of learning as I go is that it's really important to not pigeonhole yourself in one, you know, think that there's only one way to go about doing this. It's like a very organic uh, business, which can be difficult because you sometimes are like, where's my framework to follow? Or I don't really know what to do. Whereas like in teaching, there's a framework. It's so structured, which, so I think I like being an artist because there is no structure and I have to figure it out on my own and there's this really nice balance for me like that it, it it's something that I really enjoy but I I have enjoyed the entrepreneurial aspects you know because I get to do things like this where I meet people and it's yeah. very exciting it's different for me than you know the, the day-to-day changes um, whereas in in school the thing that I find most challenging and that I don't like is how structured that is yeah so what about you Julia well I can agree with you in the sense that you know, being an artist allows you the freedom, you know, to make your own schedule, to interact with the people you want to interact with, to learn about what you want to be learning about at any given time. Whereas, you know, as a teacher, when you have to be in there from a certain time of day and you can see the look on the kids' faces that they just still want to sleep a little bit longer (laughs) and, you know, it, it can be, um, really tiring at times and you know the thing I like about teaching though too is the same things that I appreciate about art which is just when you get to those aha moments when you get to those moments with other people I still remember um, this beautiful moment last year where I, I came to the realization that students have to actually learn how to see color like I actually came to that realization I was working with a student and she was doing a drawing and she was looking really closely at it and I was just saying okay so pick up all the pencil crayon colors that you see 
in that one square, that one aspect. And she picks up two pencil crayon colors. And I'm just, I'm like, mm, there's a lot more colors in there. There's a lot more colors in there. And so she ends up looking. She's looking really hard. She's like, I don't know, Miss Kay. I only see two colors. Like, I only see gray and white. That's the mountain. That's all. There's no more other colors. And then I, like, finally saw it click after encouraging her for a little bit longer. I was like, there's more colors. You need to keep looking. Like, how can you see something a little bit more? And finally, she's like, oh, I see yellow. I see blue, I see purple, I see pink, you know? Wow. And I started to realize, you know, that's exactly what I love about being an artist and that's what I love about being a teacher is it's like a place where you can come to all these new understandings and just refine your sensibilities and do it with other people. Like, I really appreciate that. Yeah. It's kind of like going deeper all the time. Yeah. 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 But that's what's so cool about art is that there's you just can always go deeper it's like science in that way it's like yeah. an exploration and it's just, there's so much to learn and you'll never learn it all but it's mm -hmm. I think that's what's so exciting about it yeah and what an honor to be standing in that role in that position and be able to bear witness to that yeah you know it is really wow. yeah and you start to realize um you know that we are only the limit like that we are still limited in some ways and like we always have so much more places to grow yeah. and become more conscious and more mm -hmm. um like be able to perceive more yeah yeah you know it's interesting hearing you say that about teaching kids I've just finished this one month contract teaching adults mm -hmm. in a relaxed vacation environment on the cruise ships and for adults who have you know talked about looked at and um they also are on an arc where they don't see and then they do and the light goes on and a lot of the what we're talking about there is understanding color temperature because they're trying to paint what they see and they're like well how do I know which one is warm and which one is cool and you know we just think well because you look at it and one's warm one's it's cool. there, like, <laughs> yeah. hot and cold you know it's yeah. kind of but it's interesting to step back in the into their looking through their eyes and see you don't just instinctively know that. You do have to be taught to look and yeah. taught to see or have an opportunity come before you that invites you to look and see and lights up that one, one extra little chamber in the brain and it just keeps going through our whole lives. Like a lot of those people that I was working with, all different ages, but lots of older people too. And same, they're still discovering that there's yellow in that piece and yeah. just, just getting it, so... Yeah. yeah, neat to, yeah, neat to be able to see. And then it starts to get you thinking as well about, you know, how our entire culture is built that way. And mm -hmm. like how I think that's what's so interesting too because our culture is just built on these understandings that people before, have, before us have come to. And like we've just helped to show something really specific, you know, and we just continue to do that and that's how our cultures build and... That's why we have such different cultures all around the world. Um, I really appreciated there was this interesting, it was an interesting diagram where it showed all of these different colors of green and it asks you to pick out like the green that was different because they looked, you know, to the eye, they looked all the same. They looked mm -hmm. like the same color of green. And it was speaking about how there's like a First Nations group who for them, it's so obvious that 
the colors of green are different because they grow up in the forest and they have to know the, their flora and their fauna and they have to know these different colors of green. Yeah. But because we're just like, well, we have forest green, we have lime green, we have chartreuse. Like we yeah. just have these very broad sensibilities of green. It's very hard for us to see that. Yeah. And th- I just like to realize that within all of our lives that, you know, we, we do have the ability to see more and certain cultures do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We're all somewhere on that learning spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like what you were saying earlier about your time lapse thing, we're all somewhere on that spectrum too. And it's, you know, having this awareness that we slip in and out of it. And, and uh, yeah, this conversation has stimulated me in a bunch of ways just to think a little deeper and yeah I'm really appreciative of the the stories that you guys have shared this has been really nice I would like to sit here and talk all night (laughs) (laughs) guys I'll just have to get on the plane with me tomorrow we can carry this on (laughs) sure (laughs) Uh, so the show is called two artists walk into a bar I don't expect oh maybe we do have a punchline or a joke or a funny story from your art life whatever you would like to share but you have to say it again okay so the show is called Two Artists Walk Into a Bar. Ouch. <laughs> That's brilliant. Right? <laughs> no, I don't have any jokes. I can't think of any jokes. It's just too late in the day for me. Uh, just keep Julia minute. near yeah, you when you need one. Yeah, exactly. Boom, there it is. <laughs> it's not my joke. It's not my joke. I was at school today and I was like, okay, kids, I'm going to be on a podcast. Like, help me out. Like, she asked this at the end and I couldn't think of anything. And I was asking my kids all day and they're like, I don't know, Miss Kate. It's going to be a hard one. I I can't figure it out. And then this girl that I don't even know, she came to my door. She was with one of my other students who just came at the end of the day. And I was like, explaining to her what we were doing because I was trying to ask Lindsay like help me think of something and then she just said it I was like so she'll say two artists walk into a bar and she was just like ouch like, what, what <laughs> how did you old say? is the sweet genius yeah. <laughs> I love you she's getting an A will you take art next year yeah, <laughs> yeah she's in oh, for the A <laughs> oh, you have to say that into the mic. <laughs> I just got the joke. I'm blonde for <laughs> right on. Well, cheers, ladies. <laughs> Thank cheers. you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to two artists walk into a bar. I'm your host artist, Carol McQuaid. For full show notes and all the links, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com. If you liked the episode, remember to subscribe, sign up for updates, and leave us a review. And if you loved the episode, head to twoartistswalkintoabar.com and buy us our next round. Cheers. <laughs>